0: Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Good morning, outlaws. It's just another gorgeous June day in Abington, At my home, Delilah, in the John Deere writing studio. And I'm looking out the window and seeing... The leafed trees, the blue sky, a magpie bopping along a branch, and I'm going to start a new series today for season eight called Improv Thoughts, which may or may not semi replace my series Grr, because Improv Thoughts can include Grrs and also, Yays, and other forms of reaction to art and the world in which we inhabit. And create and endure sometimes. So today I'm going to do improv thoughts on performance, uh, kind of leaping off the questions I asked Kevin Spence and his poems, and just see what I have to say about performance too. Uh, So I started writing poetry when I was about three or four years old, uh, when I wrote my first poem. I did not think about Performing it, it seemed like a very internal, very private act, a way of connecting my consciousness to the world, and most particularly at that age, nature. And throughout my uh, elementary school years, I wrote mostly short fiction. Uh, Well, it was short fiction, but it was supposed to be novels. It's just that the novels had chapters that were one page, so essentially short fiction, but uh, with a novelistic scope. And uh, and then I started writing uh, metal songs when I was a teenager. But before that, I was doing performances on the violin. I started playing violin when I was the same age that I wrote my first poem. And I played the violin till I was 11. And I'm not saying it was a joy. It was absolutely torturous at times. And I had to perform, but I didn't click into the need or desire to perform, uh, with the violin per se. I started to want to perform when I was a teenager and I got into metal and I wanted to play the drums. I wanted to play the guitar. And then later I started playing the bass and created my own band. I'm sipping my coffee now. I created my own band in human And I was just thinking about the collusion between creating my own band in that era and performing as a poet because I'd been doing readings as a poet since I was a teenager and uh, off and on uh, throughout my 20s. I was part of the Burnaby Writers Society and that's where I first started doing readings. But I remember initially just again being disconnected with the whole notion of why am I doing this Uh, I'm getting response and feedback and uh, people are saying praiseful things and I don't even understand really why because I felt very nervous and very anxious and I was never I think initially a natural performer I was very shy and I was very uh, into my own Uh, space and you know quietness and solitude and I still am I still essentially consider myself an introvert but I learned how to be uh, an extrovert as a performer because it started to become important to me and that kind of happened more with my second book The Wrecks of Eden I have to say that came out in 2002 and that was the time that I was first Starting in Human as well, and I started to really begin to understand the importance of the kind of ritual surrounding uh, performance. So, with my band, I mean, it was a black metal band, eco metal band, that fusion, and it was all about the ritual, the structure the, you know, rehearsal towards not only the creation of the songs and and playing them, but also having recitation as part of it, having fire, having blood, having lights, having um, various kinds of movements at certain times in songs, having that intensity. And I think maybe that's the core of it all for me is producing a certain kind of intensity And if you don't think about yourself as a performer, whether you're a poet, musician, or anything else, then you can't produce that intensity because what happens then is you get up behind the mic and you fiddle with the mic. For one, I've seen more poets than I care to mention fiddle with the mic. Figure out how to use a mic. Uh, Or if it's a small space, don't use a mic. Uh, Work on your vocal techniques everything from, you know, your posture to, you know, how you hold yourself, where your breath comes from, how you can project your voice, uh, your ability to look at your audience, to connect with them in that sense. It's kind of a seeing, unseeing process that goes on where you Look at them, but you don't get hooked on one particular person and their reactions, or say whether somebody might be leaving in the middle of your reading, or you know something that's uh, disruptive to you and could discombobulate you. But you kind of glide and soar over and through that, and then you know getting up and the first thing you say is "um." Uh, it's not the way to begin a reading, or even I get irked by people getting up and going, oh, hi, yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so thanks for inviting me. So, you know, um, that type of preamble. I think the preamble, you can kind of put it somewhere else. You can definitely be thankful and grateful and happy people are there, but maybe that's not the first thing you want to do as a performer. So I realized as a poet, starting around then, and of course, developing the way I read throughout many tours, I've gone on 12 cross Canada tours at this point would have been 13, if not for the pandemic with my 2020 collection Riven. Uh, so I So uh, I developed certain modes of being in front of an audience behind a mic and so forth. And, you know, having been playing, you know, I played with Inhuman for eight years and Helgren for a year and a half and that whole world of preparing to perform, performing and responding to audiences and realizing that you're there to put on a show, that certainly assisted me as a poet because it's actually much harder to perform as a poet just by yourself, your little old self. So you have to work harder at your techniques because the poetry doesn't have the music with it necessarily. And it doesn't have other players to back you up and you don't have them to interact with. So you really have to feel confident. And the ways I feel confident is I get up and the first thing I do is either recite a poem from memory or I sing a bit of a song or I turn a poem from my book into a melody And I make it thematically connected somehow to what I'm reading. Um, Or if I'm doing a miscellaneous reading like I just did from a bunch of different chapbooks, I just get up and read one of the poems without preamble, without introducing it, without saying anything other than, you know, somebody has introduced me with my bio and then the audience has a basic sense of who I am and I go from there. It doesn't even matter who I am. You're there to do a performance. You're not there to make excuses. You're not there to complain about the weather or your health or anything like that. You're there to give the audience a transformative experience, an interesting one, an educational one, a fascinating one, one of intensity that they will remember. You can even bring, there's my cat being performative, you can even bring a little instrument along like I saw Phil Hall do, uh, played a few tunes on his guitar at first. Or like Bill Bissett, whom Kevin Spence mentioned, you can chant at the beginning in a ritualistic way. He has a maraca. And, you know, some people might think that those styles and types of performativity are over the top and highly dramatic and you know, foolish in a sense, and poo-poo on that. I mean, I personally choose not to go to the utter extremes, but I admire those who do, who decide to scream in the middle of their poem or sing opera uh, and so forth. Uh, I love the sound poets like Paul Dutton, etc. So yeah, performance. It's, it's a crucial part of being a poet. It's not something that's optional. You can take it in many, many different ways and channels and modes. Uh, it's as free as writing itself, but it's also as structured as writing itself. And you can't deny it if you're going to bother getting up in front of an audience that it is an integral part of your praxis. So I'm going to end by reciting Edna St. Vincent Millay's Time Does Not Bring Relief from 1931, which was the poem I had memorized to go on tour with Riven in 2020. And instead I've ended up doing about five to seven different types of readings and launches around Edmonton. So there you go, it's my little Edmonton tour. So Edna St. Vincent Millay, 1931, Time Does Not Bring Relief. Time does not bring relief. You all have lied who told me time would ease me of my pain. I miss him in the weeping of the rain. I want him by the shrinking of the tides. The old snows melt on every mountain side and last year's leaves are smoke in every lane. But last year's bitter loving must remain, heaped on my heart and the old thoughts abide. There are a hundred places where I fear to go, so with his memory they brim. And when entering with relief some quiet place where never fell his foot nor shone his face, I say, there is no memory of him here. And so stand stricken, so remembering him. You've been listening to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians.